Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. What's up, everybody? Good Thursday morning after a couple of things that happened in baseball. Now, uh, I'm going to save that to the end because I've got a college football thing I want to talk to you guys about. A theory. Not so much a theory, but uh, a prediction that I know is going to come true. How's that? Um, But a couple of things happened in baseball last night. One with a Mississippi tie. Lance Lynn got ejected for throwing his belt at the umpire. (laughs) I'll uh, I'll show you the video later. I've got that ready for you. And uh, Shohei Otani continues to be unbelievable. Threw eight complete last night, gave up one run, and hit hit his 40th home run last night. The guy's unbelievable. But today I want to talk about college football, mostly because the landscape is changing and has been changing, and you guys know this already, but that changing landscape in college football is really going to show after this deal with Nebraska. And I'll explain what I mean coming up. I'm Michael Borky, by the way. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you. Good afternoon. Yeah, I'm a little bit late. A little bit late. My my son was messing with the mixer down here, and he hit a button. um, And he still may, like, it still may be down. I don't know if, like, the audio is any different for you guys. I hope not. Uh, He was just twisting and, and pushing. And this is an old mixer. I don't really know how to work it, to be honest. It's old. Really old. It's uh, all I could get. So, um, and he, I don't remember what my settings were, and he was pushing buttons and stuff like that. And um, anyway, I had to make sure I at least uh, was making sound before I uh, I went live this morning. So, uh, yeah, sounds good. JP says, "All right, so I'll take that." And good morning, sir. Thursday is here. Yeah, buddy. We've got preseason football tonight. Also, if you guys feel like watching that, but anyway. Uh, my name is Michael Borky, and glad you guys are with me. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search my name on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and while you're here, if you like what you hear, like the video. Also, follow on Facebook and Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Uh, Michael Borky and Spotify should turn up results. Uh, like on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel like it, leave a rating and a review. I'd appreciate all that very much. So, The big story in college football yesterday was this thing going on at Nebraska. And uh, we'll get into it in a second. But one thing that is becoming abundantly clear in college football landscape is it's harder to hire coaches than maybe it's ever been because that landscape has changed so much and money is more abundant at other places. And it will you hope in theory be easier for quote lesser schools to hang on to their coaches as a result. I think right now it's very clear and the principle applies here in the state of Mississippi, especially in Oxford and in Hattiesburg. Like I told you guys the other day, I think Mike Leach is done when he's done at Mississippi state, whenever that may be, if it's after 2022 or if it's after 2032, 
I think this is Mike Leach's last stop. So it's a little bit different for Mississippi State, at least in my opinion. But in Hattiesburg, I think they've got a guy that's going to win and win big. And in Oxford, I think they've got a guy that's going to win and win big. And both of them are possibly poachable, more so than Mike Leach. I think that Lane Kiffin, after this year, is going to be pursued again by other programs. I think Will Hall, in very short order, is going to be pursued by other programs. And the goal should be, if you have a coach that you know is winning, you protect that coach at all costs. You protect them financially. You do whatever it takes to keep them at your program. Because hiring coaches away is obviously very difficult. And you protect them from the governing body of college athletics because we have learned that they have no teeth. Things take forever anyway. You protect them. Even if you don't love your coach, you should still protect them. If you've got a good one, you do whatever it takes to keep them. You commit financially more than you've ever committed before. You do whatever it takes. The NCAA comes calling. You do whatever it takes, even if he's not winning. And this Nebraska story is why. It was reported by Brett McMurphy, who's now with the Action Network, by the way. Brett McMurphy, uh, just a great newsbreaker in college football reporting. He's just he's one of those guys. You know, when Brett McMurphy reports something, you can go ahead and, and believe it to be true. Uh, Nebraska is under NCAA investigation for improper use of analysts and consultants during practices and games which is quite rich considering that Butch Jones was not a staff member at Alabama, but yet you saw him on the sidelines coaching players and talking to Nick Saban last year. Anyway, uh, they're under an NCAA investigation for that. But here's the kicker. Here's the line that is most fascinating to me from Brett McMurphy. The school, sources said, has, quote, significant video footage confirming the practice violations took place in the presence of Frost and other assistants. Scott Frost has obtained legal counsel, and the NCAA has interviewed him, and multiple current and former staff members, administration, and football players regarding the allegations. They also uh, broke some COVID protocols and stuff like that. So, if Brett McMurphy's reporting is accurate, the school is the one that has the video. The school is the one that gave that video or has given that video to the NCAA, whether they were asked for it or they voluntarily gave it. The point is, even though Scott Frost is not winning, particularly at a high level at Nebraska, in fact, his tenure has been quite the disaster. Uh, and he is owed about $20 million if they fire him without cause. And although losing games is not technically without cause, maybe it should be. Um this could be their way out. It could. Nebraska should not have this video. Nope. Nebraska should not give this video to the subpoena powerless NCAA. Unless the NCAA gets it on their own by some magical thing, you don't give them stuff like this. You don't give up your coaches to the NCAA. You do whatever you can to protect them, even ones that aren't winning, like Scott Frost. Here's why. The landscape has changed. You guys, if you've listened to the radio show or any of my content for long enough, you know how I feel about college football. I think, as I've said to you guys before, I'll say it again, that because of the way the SEC has just grown so powerful 
every program in the league minus Vanderbilt is a top 35 job. You get rid of Missouri, maybe Kentucky, and that number continues to shrink. The best jobs in America are in the SEC. The landscape has changed. You don't have to go to Florida State anymore to get on national TV. You don't have to go to Nebraska to get on national TV anymore. Every game and every power league in America, and even, I mean, Southern Miss, you can watch them from anywhere in this country this year. You watch every game of Southern Miss. You might have to pay a little extra. You might have to pay a little extra, but you can watch them, which is great news for Southern Miss fans in Conference USA, by the way. But the point is, there was not not that long ago, only a handful of programs that were on TV every week that could be watched every week, that had that brand power. Now, it doesn't matter. Now, a player from Jackson, Mississippi, doesn't have to go to Lincoln to get seen. He can go to Starkville, Oxford, Baton Rouge, Tuscaloosa, Knoxville. I mean, closer programs to where he is to get seen every week. The landscape has changed. The money has grown. The lesser programs have more resources than they've ever had. The, The playing field, at least in terms of that, has changed some. Now, you still have these five programs, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, that get all the players and that are a tier above everybody else. But college football, below that group of five or six programs, is relatively level. Ole Miss and Mississippi State have the same access to things that Nebraska does now, and that didn't used to be the case. Yes, Nebraska has a bigger stadium. It's nicer than the two we have here, but generally, uh, everything that they can do, we can do here, and it didn't used to be the case. The landscape has changed rather dramatically, and because of that, hiring coaches is more difficult than it used to be, unless you're in the SEC, apparently, but look at Tennessee. Tennessee is was in the identical situation that Nebraska is in right now. Identical. Tennessee had NCAA trouble, although it's different than, you know, holding illegal, air quotes, illegal practices the way Nebraska is, but NCAA trouble. Big buyout for a coach that wasn't winning games. Some people feel like it was an inside job. Tennessee fires Jeremy Pruitt with cause. NCAA trouble. You guys remember the Tennessee coaching search? It was a disaster. Nobody wanted it. Multiple candidates. This guy wants the job. No, he's not going to get the job. This guy wants the job. No, he's not going to get the job. And regardless of what the local spin there was, they weren't passing on candidates like Lane Kiffin. Tennessee wasn't telling them no. Tennessee was getting told no by multiple guys, and they ended up on Josh Heupel, who was just okay in a couple years at UCF, who was hired by his former athletic director, who was just hired by Tennessee. Tennessee ran a coaching search just so their new AD could hire his previous coach because nobody else wanted the job. Now, the same thing is going to happen at Nebraska. The same thing. And there are people, there are people in my business, there are people that cover college football, there are fans of that program that think, that Nebraska is among the blue bloods, that Nebraska is this program that it was in the 90s, and they've just, they haven't hired a couple of good coaches, and they're just a sleeping giant in college football, even though the state of Nebraska doesn't produce any in state talent, and you're not going to Florida and poaching players from the state of Florida when you're the coach at Nebraska. Things have changed. They're going to find out the hard way. People that cover this sport are going to find out the hard way because Nebraska now, if this report is accurate, gave video of their coach 
committing an NCAA violation that happens everywhere. I mean, you think these guys are only limited to 20 hours of, of practice a week? We really think that's happening? We really think that they're doing summer workouts, not by the instruction of their coaches? We really think that's happening everywhere? Maybe some places follow the rules, but that's pretty common. And honestly, that's not a, an egregious violation uh, by any stretch. That's not funneling money through a cancer hospital charity to pay recruits. This is practicing off campus to avoid COVID protocols. Not good. Shouldn't do it. But, you know, of all the things that the NCAA has investigated, like Baylor recently and done nothing about, North Carolina was giving fake classes in college. Prestigious university like North Carolina, fake classes, nothing happened. Nothing. You're telling me? that uh, you should not protect your coach over this, but they want to save themselves from a buyout. So let's play this out. Let's pretend that Nebraska loses to Illinois in week one. Let's pull up their schedule. I should have had this up already. I know they play Ohio State, so there's another loss. Let's pretend for a second. Oh, my gosh, this is brutal. They have Oklahoma on the schedule. They have Ohio State. They have to go to Wisconsin. They play Iowa, who's always pretty darn good. If Nebraska loses five games or so this year, they're going to want to fire Scott Frost. And when they do, they'll do it with cause because of this NCAA stuff. And then they'll conduct a coaching search. And that will not go well. They will have candidates that are laughable. Guys at other programs probably go after Matt Campbell. He'll very quickly tell them no, very quickly. They'll have this list that people in my business um, with much larger platforms than me will put this hot board out there, and every day on it's going to tell them no. Because, number one, the Nebraska job's not what it used to be. You're in a conference where you are a tier below Ohio State, hell, even Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. You're, you're below them, a tier below them. Getting players there is tough. There's no real in-state talent pool there to choose from. You're not building competitive rosters the way you used to at a place like Nebraska. It's not happening anymore. So not only is the job more difficult than they than anybody wants to give it credit for, you just publicly, well, it, you didn't release the information, but now everybody knows that Nebraska has video of an quote, illegal practice that was given to the NCAA. So not only are expectations unrealistic at a place that's difficult to win, but if I don't win, you guys are going to sell me out to the NCAA? No, thank you. Nope, not taking the job. Somebody will. Josh Heupel took the job at Tennessee after they got a whole lot of no. whole lot of no. That's what's going to happen at Nebraska. There are people that work in media, and there are a bunch of Nebraska fans, and just college football fans who are stuck in the 90s, that seem to think that it's some kind of blue blood, sleeping giant kind of job. And guess what's about to happen? They're going to lose a bunch of games. They're going to fire their coach with cause. And they're going to conduct a coaching search that is so underwhelming, it'll be impossible to ignore anymore. The landscape has changed in college football. Nebraska's not the same. Hell, Nebraska's on the same tier as Ole Miss and Mississippi State. 
And honestly, if I was given the choice between jobs, I'm taking the SEC jobs over Nebraska, even though they've got this big, dedicated fan base and the history of success in the 90s. If you're offering me a job, if you put two offers on the table, and it's Nebraska and Ole Miss, I'm headed to Oxford. No doubt. I'm headed to Oxford. The expectations are not unrealistic, and you can actually meet them there. Oh, and more money in, in the SEC and ability to get better players and stuff like that. So the landscape has changed, and we are about to see that unfold in front of our eyes. That coaching search is going to go the same way that Tennessee's did, possibly even worse. It's not the same. Protect your coaches at all costs. And if you got a good one, do what you can to keep them. Let's hear this. I'd love to hear your take on how to keep Hall in the building after year four. All right. Uh, he's got a... Boy, uh, that's a multi-layered question. How can Southern Miss keep Will Hall in the building after year four? Um, ideally, you want the college football playoff to expand as soon as possible. That that would be step number one, and I know that's completely out of your control. Sorry, guys, I don't know why the internet is acting up here. But um, anyway, uh, completely out of your control. But Southern Miss fans want the playoff to expand as soon as possible. Because right now, the way it's set up, fair or not, there is 0% of a chance, 0% that Southern Miss makes the playoff. It will not happen. They can go undefeated. Will not happen. It's not going to happen. So, it when the playoff expands, it makes it more difficult for him to leave if he's got it, by year four he's got a good program built and he's bringing in players and they're winning games. And hell, we have that special year and go eleven and one or shit ten and two and, and we're ranked and we win the conference USA. We're in the playoff. Can I do that at Kansas State when that job comes open? Maybe not. Uh, and then financial commitment, mostly. Uh, the fans got to show up, and they've got to buy tickets, and they've got to go to games. Um, I, I know the Jay Hobson era wasn't all that inspiring, but the crowd sizes weren't that ex- inspiring there. And Southern Miss obviously has a different financial situation than that of an SEC school. So the fans have to, once he starts winning, because I expect it to be a when, not if situation, uh, fans got to show up too and allow Jeremy McLean to have some financial wiggle room to keep paying him more and more and making it more difficult to jump to a shitty, excuse my language, uh, power five job. I have a feeling that there are guys in the group of five all over. And, you know, we saw Leopold jump to Kansas, which I think in hindsight is going to be a terrible move for him. But there are some guys that are going to be okay being in the group of five for a little while. Billy Napier. He's going to leave Louisiana eventually. I think he's waiting for the LSU job. But he's turned down Power 5 jobs because they're paying him enough. He's winning. He's comfortable. And he doesn't feel like he has to just take the first Power 5 job available. He's winning now. He's getting paid a lot of money. So I'm going to hang out here until the perfect job comes available. That requires money for, for that to happen. So... Fans got to show that the college football playoff expanding would be great help for Southern Miss, in my opinion, because a coach would feel like he actually has a chance to win something aside from their conference championship. But it's it's financial. Can you make him comfortable 
to the point where he doesn't feel like he has to take the first available Power 5 job. Can you do to Southern Miss what Louisiana, or can you do to Will Hall what Louisiana has done to Billy Napier? Pay him a handsome $2 million salary. Not to get there yet with Hall, but financially commit to him to where he doesn't feel like he has to jump to the next available Power 5 job. Force him to be picky, and all of that, I think, is financial. And, you know, there are other things like, of course, he has to feel like he can win, but I think you can at Southern Miss. I think that's not even in question. You you can win there. You can win at the highest group of five level at Southern Miss. No doubt. No doubt. There's too much talent around here to for that not to be the case. Uh, it's financial. Can you make him extremely financially comfortable while the perfect job hasn't come open yet? just like UL and Billy Napier. Frost is protected by a huge buyout, right, JPS? Yes, he is. $20 million. But NCAA investigations and violations are um, caused to fire someone and not pay their buyout, just like Tennessee. William says, good morning. Good morning, William. Glad to see you. I'll save you pulling it up, JP said. I missed this before I actually put up the schedule. Four and eight. <laughs> Hey, that's fair. And William says, food's probably better in Oxford than up north, too. Yeah, I can't imagine Lincoln, Nebraska has the same food scene as we have down here. But, you know, I think the landscape has changed dramatically. And Nebraska especially is going to find out the hard way that that job's not attractive. Uh, Give Lane Kiffin a call, Nebraska, after you force Scott Frost out by petty violations. And you tell me he takes that job. I'll save you the time. No. No, but anyway, elsewhere in sports last night, did you guys see some of this? So this video of Lance Lynn is absolutely hilarious. It's grainy because it was taken from the press box. Lance Lynn was dealing last night, and apparently the umpire decided, you know, it's something that they have to do. So I feel bad for umpires in this case because I know the pitchers hate it, but they're being told to do this. The umpire decided it was time for a, a check to see if, Lance Lynn was using the sticky stuff. So, as you'll see in this video, because it's super zoomed in from the press box, it's blurry, but Lance Lynn, you see him walking off the field, and he puts his hat and his glove on the rail and goes into the dugout. I assume he you know, didn't want to hang out there while he was checking his stuff. He'd just go sit down and you know, have some water or whatever and get off his feet while they're doing the check, and he'll pick up his hat and glove later. So here's the video. There's Lance Lynn right there. You see that beefcake walking off the field. Puts his hat and glove right there on the railing. As you can see, that's him right there. And the umpire walks up to the hat and glove and says, wait, 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 hold on. I need to look at your belt as well. So watch right here. Lance Lynn threw his belt. <laughs> He threw his belt at the umpire. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because you shouldn't do this, but man, that's so funny. And the umpire just gave him a casual ejection, like, all right, you're done. Tossed him. I think this was like in the third inning. But you see right here that belt come flying, and the, the coach right here tries to stop it. <laughs> he gets tossed. <laughs> oh, man. What is up with Ole Miss and having psycho pitchers, man? I mean, Lance Lynn strikes a guy out, and he's just dog-cussing him on his way off the mound. I mean, he's awesome and a crazy person. 
But this is hilarious. Throwing his belt at the umpire and getting tossed for it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Arbitrarily timed foreign substance check. Major League Baseball continues to knock it out of the park, JP says. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, right? But, I mean, I watched uh, a Barstool video. And apparently you can't talk about Barstool in my, vis- my business anymore. They're bad. Ooh, ooh, Dave Portnoy... He's terrible, so everything they do, uh, you, you can't like any of their content because Dave Portnoy said some really stupid stuff a few years ago. <sighs> anyway, um, I saw a Barstool video of, uh, I think it was Carl and a couple other guys went to Northwestern and uh, tested out the sticky stuff. And they had the Northwestern coaches there, and they had a catcher and – you know, that track man thing where they measured spin rate and stuff like that. And the guy that was throwing played division three college baseball. So he knew how to pitch, right? He wasn't the best pitcher, but he knew how to pitch. Clearly he was throwing it like, you know, mid to upper seventies, lower eighties, I think if I remember correctly. So like he knew what he was doing and they started with uh, rosin and then they went, well, they did bare hand and then rosin and then something else. And then the spider tack, which is insane. And the spin rate that this former Division three pitcher who it was years and many pounds ago, the spin rate that he was getting using the spider tack was insane compared to just regular ball. Now put a major league pitcher on that. It's crazy what they were able to do. And the, the way that they were getting the tack out of the jar is it's like you would stick your fingers in it and the, the tack would just come with you like a just big line. It's crazy. And you could hear the ball basically snap off of their fingers. So it was a big problem in baseball. Like The cheating was out of control. There's got to be a better way to enforce it than this, though. Got to be a better way to enforce it. Uh, but Lance Lynn apparently did not like it and got got ran. Just see ya! Because he threw his belt at an umpire. You know, that's probably what what's going to happen, but funny, uh, funny nonetheless. Another video I want to show you guys, by the way, is uh, we back. We're back. All right, cool. Uh, My computer just disconnected from the Internet for some reason. All right, here we go. Shohei Otani. This is what happens, guys, here inside baseball. Um, I have really cheap equipment here at the house. (laughs) It's all I could afford. I have a 10-ish year old laptop that I use. I've got a mixer that is probably as old as me. And this microphone's a, you know, it's not a great one, as you can see. Not the best microphone out there. It's uh, all that the home studio, that that could fit in the home studio budget. You know what I mean? So sometimes my computer just, just doesn't hold its internet connection. Just disappeared. So that's what happened there. Glad you're back. Anyway, here's this video of Otani. This guy's unbelievable. And it's nothing special, right? It's a home run. That's all this is. It's just a home run. But watch this guy swing. I mean, this is, by the way, after. This is the same night that he threw eight complete and gave up one run on six hits. That's it. One run, six hits, eight complete, and then he steps up to bat and does this. Watch how beautiful this swing is. I mean, it's just perfect. And I, I wish the video was better quality. But, I mean, this guy's unbelievable. 
It's just so stable and fluid and, and perfect. This guy, I wasn't being hyperbolic when I said this. Back in the day when Ken Griffey Jr. was at his highest level, his swing looked like, I've said this to you guys before, I think, but his swing looked like he was literally born to swing a baseball bat. Like his body was made specifically to swing a bat. It was perfection in athleticism. This swing from Otani reminds me of that feeling. So th- they look different. He and Griffey swings look different. But th- this, the perfection of this, look at that. Th- there's no wasted motion. It looks like Shohei Otani was born to hit home runs. Like that is what God created this man to do was to hit a ball 450 feet. Like it- it's perfect. And the fact that he's this good and Mike Trout's on that team, and they stink out loud, is such a shame. I mean, we're not going to get to see this guy in the playoffs. He should be appointment viewing every night. This is just incredible. And this is after a complete. I remember talking on here a while ago, and I said that that Otani, I'll never forget this. This is what Twitter is for you. I said Otani is the most overall talented baseball player since Babe Ruth, question mark. And the number of people that tried to, oh, he's not even the most talented player on his team. Like, he's not even a top 10 player in Major League Baseball, all this stuff. I remember that. Nobody has done what he did last night. Nobody. Not since Babe Ruth. It's just a shame his team sucks and we don't get to see him every night. But, man, eight complete, one run, steps up to the plate, does this in the eighth. He's special, man. He's special. And we have this phenomenon in sports media where when a guy is great, we immediately do two things. We either, A, try to tell you that he's not great. First thing we do, ah, he's not that good. That contrarian thing, right? That... People in my business think just being a contrarian for the sake of it is interesting. No, no, it's not at all. Uh, Sometimes just call it what it is. Shohei Otani is special, unique. We haven't seen a player like him. It's okay for that to be the case, but you you have some that just want to be a contrarian for the sake of it. We either do that or we immediately compare them to a previous great and just debate that all day long. Jordan LeBron do that all the time. It's exhausting. It's just freaking exhausting. And you you lose how special these people are by doing stuff like that. We, we just we can't sit back and just watch guys like him and see what he does and appreciate that this is so unique and so special and just enjoy it. Instead, it's oh well, he's not no, he's not that good because uh Mike Trout no if you were given the choice between Mike Trout and Otani, you pick Otani a hundred times out of a hundred. He's unique and he's special. We just got to appreciate it. And people in in my field just don't. We just don't. Sometimes greatness is greatness, and, and let it be. Let it be greatness. Um, we don't do that enough. So anyway, one last thing for you guys. I, I know that 
you guys are certainly sick of the COVID story, and I'm not going to talk about it from that standpoint today. I'm just going to show you guys an image, and this just perfectly sums up COVID policy in this country. So this is North Carolina. Apparently, at North Carolina, it's a, a tradition, an honor, whatever you want to call it, to take your first sip as a North Carolina student out of this water fountain. They have this big ceremony. So here's a picture of a guy taking his first sip. You see, drinking out of a water fountain, touching it, mouth close to it, breathing on it, stuff like that. Here are the students waiting in line to take their first sip out of this water fountain. See that sign? Wear a face mask right there. They're all masked up, supposed to be socially distanced. And yet they take their mask off to go up to a water fountain to put their face next to it to drink water out of as they wait in line with a few hundred other students to go do the same thing. This is a a perfect encapsulation of COVID policy in this country. I'm not going to go Clay Travis on you. Uh, I'm just saying that did not a single person think, you know what, if we're afraid of this thing, we either A, should not let them all wait in line to go drink out of the same water fountain together, or B, realize that they're all going to go drink out of the same water fountain together and maybe not worry so much about a cloth thing over your face because what they're about to do is way worse. And hell, they're all going to go make out with each other at the bar later. I mean, what are we doing here? What what are we doing here? This is These images, back to back, are the most absurd things I've ever seen. This is absurd. These people are waiting in line to do this. One after the other after the other. It's just a, a chef's kiss. Just perfect encapsulation of some of the stupidity of policy that we have. Some of it. Some of it. Um, also, my voice is on a vaccine PSA that's out there, by the way. Guy said... Somebody said uh, on the text line yesterday when my, uh, you know, go get vaxxed PSA uh, went out there. He said, your voice sounds much deeper than uh, it does in the live stream. And I said, well, it's a better microphone. (laughs) Like we didn't we didn't alter anything at all. It's just this thing's a piece of crap. And the one I recorded it on was in the studio and much nicer. So anyway, um, just had to throw that out there. I didn't know where else to put it. So it's incredibly stupid. It's just incredibly stupid. Anyway, y'all have a great rest of your day. Sorry that the uh, internet dropped there for a little bit, but uh, figured it out quickly and and came right back. So we are now nine days away, nine days from the start of college football season. So JP, what does it make it? It's it's nine and then uh, 16. Well, no, it's 9-14. And then we have a really good game on Friday night that week. So it's 9-14-15, 16 18. There are your dates. 9, 14, 15, 16, 18. So, anyway. Uh, I'm with you, William. I mean, that, that image is just ridiculous. It's just, just, I mean, what are we doing here? Surely nobody there thought that that was doing anything at all, right? At least I hope not. So, we've got new Packers uniforms out, too. Maybe they'll wear them the, uh, the first week. When they play the Saints and uh, Jameis uh, Winston. So, anyway. You guys uh, you guys have a good day. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and watching and listening and doing whatever you guys, uh, wherever you guys are. Thank you for doing it, whether it's during the live stream or after or anytime in between. Very, very soon. Very, very soon. Uh, we'll be doing this on Football Saturday. Talking about football that we actually watch instead of previewing it like we've had to do over the last few weeks. So y'all have a good one. I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.